Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. So, David... Sunday. Sunday morning. <laughs> we've all been dragged out of bed. It, well, I was here at about quarter to nine, yeah. but... Uh, we're here where there's quite confusing podcasts from well, a technological perspective. We have. We've got people zooming in from overseas. We've got three people in the studio. It's all, it's all happening here. All happening <laughs> and all the cameras are going. So welcome, everyone. Uh, so we'll start over here. So we've got Julie Sava, the medical science liaison for BTL Aesthetics. Gareth Pepper, national sales manager for BTL Aesthetics Australia. Stephen Liu, plastic surgeon, needs no introduction. He's been on the podcast several times before. And Dr. Sam Patel, all the way from America. So welcome, everyone. That's an that's a impressive lineup. It is a pretty impressive lineup. Now, Gareth, let's start with you first, my friend. BTL Aesthetics, we've had you on the podcast before. I think it was episode 33 was the first one. That was a long, long, Gosh, long time ago. Like, uh, nearly 170 episodes ago almost. Yeah. Well, so that was when we discussed your first sort of uh, interested technology called MSculpt. That was for the abdomen, body contouring. And then you released your upgrade to that, which was MSculpt Neo. And I think yes. it was episode 108. And the MSeller. And the MSeller. We did discuss MSeller <laughs> as well. And then we've got your amazing new technology that we're going to talk about today. Yes. Um, but why don't we talk about BTL first? Because there'll be some listeners who are new to the company. So who are BTL Aesthetics? So uh, BTL Aesthetics, uh, firstly, thanks for having us. And thanks for everyone for making their time uh, on a Sunday morning, Saturday night for Sam. Uh, BTL, well, um, since we last spoke, of course, we've grown uh, due to the success of MSculpt. Uh, we're in roughly 71 countries now. Uh, we've got, um, you know, all major countries um, focused, direct branches. You can only buy from BTL directly now. Of course, medical, physiotherapy, and then the aesthetics arm. And um, yeah, Australia, from an Australian point of view, uh, the branch has grown dramatically since episode 33 to 108. And now this one, which is yeah. whatever number podcast this is. We're going to take all the credit for that, Gareth. It's all because <laughs> of you guys, because of the both of you. Uh, but the team has grown. Uh, the growth has been exponential and it continues to grow. And uh, we're obviously, we have had devices for the face before, but this very exciting device is uh, now going to hit the shores in uh, Australia. And this uh, very distinguished gentleman to my left, um, the first outside of America to get an M face, first in the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, we're honored to have Stephen uh, as part of the BTL family. It's brilliant. Now, Sam, why don't we introduce you? Because I had the pleasure of meeting you at Stephen's conference, A22. So what's your association with BTL? And also, what's your background? Sure. Yeah. So thank you guys for streaming me into your podcast today. It's been a pleasure to work with Gareth and of course you, uh, Jake. But yeah, my background is actually, um, I started in weight loss medicine and we built out several clinics throughout Chicagoland. And you know, as insurance-based medicine started to become more difficult to deal with, I started finding myself gravitating toward the aesthetic space, cash-based industry. It's a booming industry. 
Uh, and so now full fledged have built medical spas of my own. Uh, and BTL was actually some of the first devices and technologies that we integrated into our practice. We were looking for top-notch body contouring, non-invasive equipment. And, and we did our research and just gravitated heavily towards BTL. Uh, our practices in the first year did very well with the BTL equipment. And we adopted the Emscope Neo and the Emcella in our first year of business with adopting these devices. We did $1.2 million uh, in a small town of 9,000. Wow. And so that obviously caught the attention of BTL. And uh, they asked me to, you know, ask, uh, they asked me to come on board and talk about our success and how we were able to do that and a lot about our patient success. So slowly I started speaking, uh, you know, about our, our success and our patient success with BTL and then across the United States. And now I've become a, uh, you know, a BTL speaker and I've, I love doing what I do. I love speaking on behalf of BTL and sharing our story as a practice. And sharing our our patient success. It's really been a journey so far. And of course, now I've met Gareth and his wonderful team in BTL Australia. And I love partnering with them to spread the word and helping uh, Australia adopt this beautiful technology. Yeah. And I think um, we good to pick your brain and Stephen's brain as well from, from a business perspective. I know we're here to talk mainly about the clinical application of the technology, but from a business perspective, you know, the device space is very heavily saturated. There's a lot of competitors out there and I know clinicians who are like listening to this potentially going, well, that all sounds great, but how do I integrate this into my practice? How do I communicate this messaging to my patients? Why has it been successful? Because, you know, th these are pieces of equipment. They're, they're big investments. Um, you know, they leave a, a nice a nice sort of chunk sitting on your balance sheet. So how do we, how do we maximize the potential of these, of these devices and, and get our patients to understand why this technology is different, why, why it's getting the success and, and the following that it has? So... Not, maybe not right now, but at some stage, I'd like to pick your yep. brain and Stephen's brain on that as well. Absolutely. And Stephen, not to forget you, of course, could you introduce yourself for the listeners who may be new to the podcast? Hi, good morning, um, everyone. Thank you, Inside Aesthetics, for having me. And thank you, BTL. <clears throat> uh, my name is Stephen Liu. I'm a specialist plastic surgeon in Sydney, Australia. Um, I've been practicing for the last 20 years as a specialist plastic surgeon. My interest is in facial and breast aesthetic surgery and, of course, in the non-surgical world because, you know, this is the future. Absolutely. Now, we're talking about a device called M-Face, which mm -hmm. is still not to be launched, I understand, in Australia. When will the launch date be? Early 2023. Okay, we'll leave it as vague it's as keeping, <laughs> keeping it pretty vague. Very vague. Soon. Got, very soon. We've got a few very <laughs> special things planned. Um, right. So... Um, you know, stay tuned to our socials and that. But uh, for now, we're we're integrating it, uh, as mentioned, Stephen, the first in Australia, first yeah. Southern Hemisphere. Um, and then obviously a couple of our very long-term and loyal clients already have theirs, more are getting theirs, and the wait list is just getting longer So it's almost like a soft launch to get the experience and then you could launch in a, you know, a better capacity where you understand the machine better, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Now, it's kind of a new category of device. Have you ever heard of a, a face device like this no, before? No, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. I mean, you know, the skin tightening devices and fat, fat freezing devices and fat melting, fat melting devices. But in terms of what we're going to talk about today, which is quite unique and exciting. No, I, I haven't. What did, what, is it just an M sculpt for the face? Can we... Can you call it that or is it different? I think Sam's probably better to answer that. For me, it's much more than just that uh, because of the RF, it's more, we've been saying to people, it's like M-Scope Neo for the face, but I don't know, Sam, what do you, what, how would you best describe M-Face? Yeah, it's, you know, we've always looked at 
the face with an invasive approach, right? Whether it's surgery or whether it's injectables. And so this device really brings the best from what BTL has created, just like Garrett said, the M-Sculpt Neo for the face, but it goes much further than that. It's more intricate. It's more technologically sound. Uh, it's, it's so well-built to address lifting of the face that it goes well beyond the many years of development that got you know M-Sculpt Neo to fruition. We're going much further than that with the face. We've always, once again, looked at the face at one capacity. Now this has opened up a whole other category uh, with this device, not invasively now, be able to address our facial concerns. Yeah. So Sam, for people who don't know MSCOPT, it's a body contouring device that uses essentially magnetic technology called HIFEM that stimulates muscle. And then, like you've alluded to, MSCOPT Neo added in a sort of a, a combination treatment with both the magnetic technology and radio frequency technology. So what's the difference between that and what we're talking about for MFACE? Wonderful question. So let's, the MSCOPT Neo, of course, you know, it grew very famous, grew very popular because of the HIFEM technology and also the radio frequency technology. HIFEM being allowing us to really bulk and create more composition to muscles, allowing us to increase muscle size. And of course, with the radio frequency, allowing us to decrease fat. Now, as we shift gears and discuss the M phase, yes, it's very similar in technology. However, the high FEM is now high FES. It's an electrical stimulation technology. With the face, we don't want to create bulk in the face. We don't want to increase hypertrophy of the muscles. So we want to fine tune and tone the muscles. So that's how it's a little bit different. Now, in regards to the radio frequency, it is similar. However, the radio frequency built for the M-Sculpt Neo was designed to decrease fat, and it did an amazing job, and it continues to do an amazing job doing that. With radio frequency in the face, we don't want to delete or decrease the fat. We want to maintain the fat. This RF technology allows us to hit a therapeutic level enough to where it stimulates collagen elastin production, but not enough to where it's decreasing the fat like the M-Sculpt Neo. So although they are similar technology, they're different in the way they operate, mainly because of the anatomy of what we're discussing, the face, not the body. Stephen, so I guess that the burning question on everyone's mind is, where does this sit alongside surgical intervention? So something like a facelift, which I know you do a lot of those types of procedures. And then how does it actually work? So in terms of what it's treating, so we've got simultaneously, we've got muscle um, toning going on. We've got improvement to the skin, so collagen and elastin. So could you just break that down for us and, and let us know where it fits in your clinical practice in terms of surgical, non-surgical, or per perhaps it's an adjunct or you, you do both? I, I think I think before we dwell on it, because that's clearly a very, very complex. Yes. I like the audience to start thinking of where we are now. If you think about it, in the last 20 years, there has been a significant innovation in the so-called non-surgical treatment. And we've done very, very well. We've got anti-wrinkles to really, 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 you know, reduce the dynamic wrinkles. We have fillers to volumize, sometimes too much, as we have seen. <laughs> we also have the so-called threats to lift or even surgery. But all those have served us very, very well, but we have not really dwelled into something more detailed because so far what we are doing is we're treating the signs of aging, right? For those younger audience, what are the signs of aging? Because you're not there yet or have not read about it. It's basically wrinkles, laxity, sagging. You just look a little bit tired. And, and 
what Emphase is doing is actually change that thinking. And that's why this is exciting to me. We are very first time we have a device that dwell into perhaps the cause of aging. So I'm just going to say it again. Rather than dealing with the signs of aging, we're dealing with the very first time the cause of aging. Why are we seeing the signs? One of them, of course, you know, is the muscle. Clearly, there are other things such as the bone and which we are not there yet. But we're seeing also some bio remodeling that perhaps looking into a cause. So this is exciting. Rather injectable, this is a device that are looking at how do we increase the tone of those muscle, those important facial muscle that contribute to some of the laxity and sagging that we're dealing with. So I'm going to dwell more into it. And that's why when I first saw it in the launch, when I heard a very smart plastic surgeon called Brian Keeney, and it sort of echoes exactly what I'm thinking as to why. It's almost like picking a horse. You need to actually yeah. pick it. I think this, I think we're going to see a lot more copycat into this this area and that's why I'm so exciting and hopefully when you mm -hmm. ask me the next question, yeah. <laughs> I can actually tell you why I actually thought this would be the winner. Yeah. I thought it would be good to drop in someone else's uh, opinion here. So I reached out to Sebastian Cotofana, our friend, the anatomist, and I asked him the question, how does this fit into an injector's clinic and why does it excite you? So I'm just going to play you what he said, guys. So Jake, thank you very much for um, inviting me to this podcast. And um, this is actually a great question. Um, what I'm getting excited about this product. And I think, um, I think what this product does is it targets a unit and I, I really like to say unit um, between um, muscle and connective tissue. And, and I think this is really a great target because I've not worked in the past with any device that targets this um, unit that is made between muscles and connective tissue. And, um, and I just would like you to explain a little bit how this works. And uh, to best understand this, we always need to see um, how muscle works. So the facial muscles, they are very different than um, than other muscles in a face, like the skeletal muscles, like temporalis or masseter. And the facial muscles, what is special about them is the fact that they have no covering fascia, but they are highly integrated into a three-dimensional connective tissue network. In the mid-face, we call it SMAS. So, I mean, everybody is uh, very well aware of this. So, the facial muscles are integrated and interact with this mass in a way that when a muscle contracts, that movement is transmitted to the skin so that the muscle is not only moving within the fat without any effect, but that the muscle movement is transmitted to the skin surface. And um, so, therefore, there, it's a unit connective tissue and muscles, this is a unit. And applying energy to this biomechanical unit um, influences this unit. For instance, if you tighten the connective tissue, then the muscle can relax and the result is less wrinkles, right? So there's, um, it's always great to see um, how technology advances and how these things are acting together and, and working together. And for me as an anatomist, this is really 
nice because it opens a lot of opportunities to understand, to, of course, do research and to see it apply. Because at the end of the day, it helps us and also me from the network perspective to um, understand the system better, to decode the face better and then to ultimately kind of to help the patient better in the long term. So this is why um, I'm getting excited about this product. Well, Thank you, Sebastian. Well, that's an endorsement, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> nice cameo appearance. So I don't know if you just want to summarize that, Sam. So what is it actually doing? The listeners sitting there thinking, I kind of get it, but can you just summarize it in, in a couple of sentences? Sure. I mean, Dr. Cortofano is probably, you know, the best anatomist out there and in his interpretation of this could not be any better. You know, we've always looked at the face uh, with fillers and toxins. And that's typically with filling uh, spaces of deficit or paralyzing muscle. And he goes much further than that. And that's exactly what M-Face encompasses. They understand the different layers of the face as we age, not just the skin, not just uh, the muscle, but going much further and talking about the fascias, the layers in between the muscles, how the bone ages. Even had mentioned that earlier. Uh, we don't have anything yet to address the bone, but as the bone ages. So understanding how the muscles and how they lift the face and allowing a device now to allow us to do that. Um, you know, he really interprets the, uh, the layers of the face much further. And that's exactly what this device is tailored for. Did you want to add to that, uh, Stephen? Yeah, I think I think I partially agree with what Sebastian's sort of thinking behind it. I think from my perspective is as a surgeon, things we need to actually I look at it very simplistic form. The part of the face, if you think about the face, we can talk about the front part and the back part. The front part is probably the most important because apart from skin fat, you have this muscle, the mimetic muscle, facial expression. There are two, there are two types, one's to lift, one's to pull. Now, traditionally, we use anti-wrinkles to really try to reduce wrinkles. In this process, we are injecting into the so-called depressor, which makes sense. But we also, on the forehead, put a lot of anti-wrinkles in the only elevators, which is the frontalis muscle. Now, that's to me, does not make sense. We did it. We're still doing it out of necessity, right? Some of you with kids, a six-year-old, when they raise the forehead, you can see some lines in there. Are we going to anti-wrinkle? Of course not. As we get older, our skins are thinner, not as pliable, we'll lose collagen, we'll lose elastin. That's why when we raise that muscle, we get more wrinkles. And that's why we actually put anti-wrinkles there because no one likes those wrinkles. But if you just think, if we do it day in, day out, what happened to the only lifter of the forehead? it get weaker, and then the brow is going to drop faster, right? We're seeing it now. Now, of course, if you use it on the things that pull it down, it makes sense, right? If you have something, a device, that are able to say, hey, listen, go ahead, continue using anti-wrinkles to target something that pull it down, but use something different to really strengthen or raising or increase the quality of the elevators, now it suddenly makes sense. So there has been a lot of confusion in the market about why we're we using this. We've been doing very well with anti-wrinkles. Well, what I'm trying to actually share with you is in my thinking, it, it does not make sense 
to treat the elevators, which is the only thing that keeps your eyebrow up, right? We're going to think of something better, and I think that is why I'm excited. We have something actually to complement what we're doing to strengthen the most important muscles, being the elevators, the frontalis, and I will talk a little bit about the mid-phase, how we can strengthen the elevators of the mid-phase. And I think if we combine, that makes perfect sense. Um, I'm going to ask you a very stupid question, Stephen, so forgive me. Um, <laughs> we're talking about uh, increasing the, the strength of the muscles in certain parts of the face, and you're also at the same time talking about a toxin, which weakens the muscles in the face. So from a layperson's perspective, just hearing it superficially, it sounds like counterintuitive, one thing sort of cancelling the other, or am I just looking, I want to understand how that relationship works, if, if you don't mind. So, so I'm just saying it, if we complement each other right. by using anti-wrinkles to target the muscle yep. that pull things down. Right. Because everything's in balance. Mm -hmm. The eyebrow is a constant balance between what's go up and what pull it down. Mm -hmm. So if we can, we're seeing now, we tend to traditionally weaken the muscle that pulls things down. Naturally, the, the thing that pull it up will actually win. Mm -hmm. Right? If we strengthen the bits that's going to pull it up, and weaken the things that pull it down, you're going to get a much better lifting right. and more okay. natural lifting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah thank you. And, and, and that, <clears throat> from, a, from a sales perspective and from you know, doing demos with clinicians and doctors and, and people, their biggest concern has always been, I've got such a wonderful injectable business. <laughs> what is this going to do to my injectables? And mm. um, it actually complements it, Stephen. I, don't you agree? It makes the results better. Now, let's go back to relaxation and all this stuff. I think if we think a little bit simplistically, each time you open your eyes, right? And when the depressor are winning, and what happened to that muscle? We're actively contracting, trying to open, trying to raise the eyebrow. So if your tone of the muscle, I'm referring to tone, not the active contraction, a tone basically means what happened at the resting tone when your muscle is sitting there happy. If your resting tone is actually stronger, you do not need to actively contract the muscle. It is the active contraction of the frontalis that cause the forehead lines. If you don't have to actively contract at the resting level, you're not contracting it, means less wrinkles. That's what we're seeing. Plus, with radio frequency improving the quality of the skin, that's why we see a reduction of wrinkle formation. And I hope that makes sense yeah, because it it's pretty clear cut to me. Yeah. Mm. I actually spoke to Sebastian offline and the, the thing to add to that, Stephen, is he said that the RF is almost thickening up the fascia both above and below the muscle, almost like a sleeping bag around frontalis. So, it's enclosed better and it doesn't have to contract around space because it's better enclosed. So your frontalis is actually working less, but it's, it's also more toned. It's just like a healthier, younger physiology, I guess, of the muscle. Absolutely. I mean, think of your six-year-old. Yeah. The muscle is firm, is toned, and the surrounding soft tissue are nice, firm, and taut. That's why they don't get that much wrinkles. Yes. So interesting. Mm. Anything to add to that, Sam, just about the explanation? Because I think there'll be a lot of people at home who've never seen this and, and they, they imagine you put an electrode on someone's head, you work a muscle, wrinkles would get worse. That, that's the logic or, or that's what this, right. the layman's logic would be. Right. I think the best way I've 
heard it described and that I love describing it as is that think about the frontalis muscle as a bed sheet on a mattress. When you have put a new bed sheet right out of the washer, right out of the dryer onto your bed, you want to make it very nice with no wrinkles. What do you do? You tone or you pull the sheet very firmly and then the wrinkles go away. So very similarly, as you guys are describing, think about it as a bed sheet and you're pulling and toning the muscles. So then there are no wrinkles because it has more integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now we sort of answered this, but let's just get to it. So Stephen, you offer in your clinic, everything, surgery, threads, uh, RF microneedling, all sorts of injectables. So what niche of patient is this new device covering that maybe you weren't fully able to before? I guess what's the best patient is really what yeah. I'm asking. I, th- I think it's important that in non-surgical world, they're not surgery. They are, you provide improvement. There are some patients, you know, are still not wanting to have any injectables. I think those are the first group that I like to provide a service. And I think that's very important. We're seeing them now. I think there are more and more uh individual want to be inverted comma a more natural way of rejuvenation Mm -hmm. so this is non-invasive full stop this has no downtime i also look at this as all my surgical patient because no matter how good a facelift i do for them they will always need maintenance just like a fantastic rose rose car you still need a maintenance so for me also a maintenance in the future, this will be something that I offer to every single groups of my patient who are mm. open to these ideas. Yeah. Because don't forget, even to practitioner mm. out there, there are a lot of people who are doubting it, doesn't work and all this stuff, without necessarily have a deep level thinking behind it. So for those of you out there who actually say it's not going to work, I want you to actually ask why you don't think it's going to work. It's just like, you know, when there was new technology, everyone doubted for a good reason. If you dwell into it, because I think we're now into a new era, the mm. next 10, 15 years, I think you'll see more of these mm. devices coming out to deal with the cause of it rather than just instant gratification. Yeah, and I think it's where it's sort of the, the timing of this is really fortuitous because as you sort of alluded to earlier, um, Stephen, people are starting to pull back now from that overfilled type of look. You know, we've sort of realized we've gone too far, you know, in our quest to make ourselves look younger. We've created something else. We've created a look that doesn't quite look. When you see someone overfilled, it's like, I can tell you're human. I can tell you're female. I can tell you're roughly (laughs) this age, but you don't look like there's something odd. your, Your human eye is very, very good at recognizing patterns and what looks natural and what doesn't. And I think the timing of this, you know, we've seen the almost like a renaissance with biostimulatory treatments. We've got, you know, products like Profilo out now as well. So it seems like we are moving in this direction of, of a first understanding we've gone too far with fillers. They do have their place. They are extremely effective, but we need more advanced tools to create a more natural look, which is, I think, as as a sort of as a as a community of mm-hmm. people globally who are undergoing these treatments, we're starting to recognise this is where we want to go from Definitely. a direction perspective. And just to touch on what Stephen said about the experience, I was lucky enough to try it once. Uh, what was it about three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. I totally agree. Honestly, I'm, I'm not paid to say this. It felt like a hot stone massage on my forehead. It was very nice and. I wouldn't even say that bit was weird. It was just unusual. The face one, yes, that was a more of a electrical type feeling, but it certainly wasn't uncomfortable. 
Um, what was really interesting for me, and maybe we'll get onto this later, was we actually, I've always known I've had a bit of asymmetry with my smile and how I talk and so on. And Julie, who's here in the studio, she was the one who put the pads on. We worked out that we could actually tweak not just, you know, tone, et cetera, but symmetry. So it's a really, really exciting thing, not just for skin and, and you know, wrinkles, but actual, you know, face shaping and symmetry. For me, it's also innovation, right? So apart from this big machine, I think this is also one of the, the brain behind it. This little, you know, the company have a fancy name for it. I just look at it as a sticky tape. In that little sticky tape, you have this four, six segment. This is on the brain in there, that within there, you have something that are able to provide high voltage, I think you guys call it high fest, to contract the muscle. Not only, you know, not only just create a bit of a tiny twitch, this is a super maximal contraction. Mm. You feel the entire muscle going through that full range of excursion, unlike the so-called tense machine. So that's that's very impressive. And also deliver that energy that you can control it. And the rest is like customized right and left side. And then difference between mid-face and the, the forehead. I think that's the piece of technology that I really want to find out how it works. So you know? for the guys listening, Stephen was just holding up one of the paddles that goes on the side of the face. And no, you call it, what would you call it? A pad? A, a forehead applicator. An applicator, yeah. I beg your pardon. So Fancy it just name. looks like little <laughs> electrodes. There were six on the one on the side of the face. And how many are there on the forehead? So there's one, one on the forehead, uh, one on either side of the cheek, and then there's um, a return pad, of course, for the, for the RF. Uh, but <clears throat> just getting back to what Stephen was saying, uh, comfortable, very different to M-Sculpt Neo, which... It's a bit more aggressive. I remember I mean, watching David yeah, at Cosmetic Man. Yeah, if I ever wanted to negotiate <laughs> with David, I'd put him on the M-Sculpt Neo. Um, but this is subtle. Um, uh, it, you know, there are all these claims always. It feels like a hot stone massage. This one actually does. It doesn't Genuine. feel like a, yeah, it doesn't feel like a stone that's been left mm. in, and that's probably 20 <laughs> degrees hotter than it should be. Yeah. Uh, comfortable. Patients are getting great results. That resting tone improves. Um, and something I wanted to ask um, Stephen, and not to hijack the questions, and, and Sam as well, um, uh, an area we're seeing a dramatic improvement as well as the nasal labial fold. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, as I said, this is, I'm excited because this is the first generation. I think in future, I'm not sure what the company in mind is, if I were a designer, I would actually customize it a little bit more because for the audience so far this electrode or pad is stimulating the frontalis simulating the elevators of the mid face the technical one is zygomaticus major minor and rhizorius but i think as as the, the people who use it you can actually move the pad i certainly did to move it to include more of the lip elevators. And I think in future, we want to look at the orbicularis muscle because mm. the orbicularis muscle is the only muscle that lifts up the mid-face. Um, so, so I think the future is a blue sky. There are a lot of things we can do about it. But I think for, for once, I think the mid-face stimulation is actually an interesting one. The best way I can describe it is someone actually put a thread and actually onto my corner and then actually lift it up. And don't know about you guys, I actually thought, you know, it's actually not a bad idea. Someone forced you to smile occasionally, <laughs> which is a good thing. Mm. Um, Sam, if we could ask you about the actual procedure, like 
what happens on the day and, and where do the pads go? How long does it all take, et cetera? Yep. So right now the, the treatments are recommended in a series of four and you do one a week, every week for four weeks. So it's very quick. It's 20 minutes for start to finish. It's very easy to set up, which is nice. It's You measure out the face and you want to make sure we have a nice clean face. So remove any makeup, remove any oils or debris that may be on the face. And on a nice clean face, you want to apply the applicators, one on each cheek and one across the forehead. Now, one thing to note is that if there is facial hair, so if someone does have a beard, that would be probably advised to have removed the hair just because we want to have proper adhesion to uh, ensure that there's going to be proper contraction, of course, proper propagation of the radio frequency. But it's very quick. And I think from a business standpoint, it's wonderful. I mean, we've always looked at injectables and you have to set things up. You have to draw up the, the, the toxin and then you have to inject the toxin and then you have to, there's just a lot of uh, steps. Whereas this is very, very quick, very in and out. And from a business standpoint, we don't have to have a very high level provider necessarily behind the device, meaning you don't have to find someone of skill. This is something that's easily trainable, easily learned. It's very quick to set up. Uh, so as we start to look into the future, as Stevens is, is saying, the non-invasive future is very, very great. It's very ahead of us. And kind of just backtracking on the types of patients we're seeing, I think we often ignore uh, the actual greater population of people that don't do injectables, right? In the United States, it's only about 4.7% of the population does injectables. That means 95% of the population doesn't do anything for their face, whether it's because they're too scared of needles um, or they're they're worried about the downtime or they're not believers in putting anything artificial. Yeah. So this device is now casting a net on the 95% of the population that doesn't do anything for their face. Yeah. And now we're actually seeing a bunch of men come in because men typically are the ones that are a little bit more hesitant to do things like filler. I know I'm guilty of it. I'm scared of needles. And so something like this now attracts a whole new crowd, not just the injectable crowd, but a whole new crowd, which is much larger than the injectable crowd. Yeah. And I think that it will feed your injectables business. A lot of the time people hesitate, particularly men, which you referenced, Sam, they're scared of having these treatments. It's sort of taboo. It's maybe still not, you know, masculine enough to go and to and have these treatments, but you're actually now casting, as you said, casting a wide net that's going to attract people who potentially weren't in the injectables market. But once they come in, they have these treatments, they start to trust their practitioner, they're then open to those suggestions. So it's sort of like creating a whole new market that you can then cross-pollinate to other potential parts of your business now that you've built that relationship and trust. So you, you said the treatment doesn't take very long. What do patients experience after the treatment in terms of, you know, uh, post-op, post-care, if there's anything involved at all? Um, and in terms of results, like how quickly are you, are you sort of seeing um, improvements? Yeah, so there's no restrictions in terms of what they need to do prior or after. So it's nothing like a laser resurfacing where there's downtime or social downtime. Uh, the only things that we do encourage is for them to drink lots of water. It yep. is a radio frequency based technology. So radio frequency technology works really well with the hydrated body. Um, other than that, it's a very lunchtime sort of service. So they can come in during their lunchtime and go right back to work. There's nothing that would indicate to you know anyone else uh, that sees them afterwards that they got anything done. There's no bruising. There's no redness. There's no, you know, any bleeding. It's all non-invasive. So it's really quick in and out procedure. Uh, they don't feel anything afterwards other than tightness. A lot of my patients and a lot of the people that are in the industry with the device are noticing that patients describe, I feel my face more tight and lifted, which is absolutely what we want them to feel that. 
Uh, now, in terms of when we're seeing results, it depends on age. But most of the individuals we've seen over the last few months are starting to notice nasolabial bulbs diminish much quickly uh, in, in terms of the process. We're usually within the second to third treatment. So very quickly, we're starting to see diminishing effects of those nasolabial folds. Um, and as we start to propagate into the next you know, series of weeks thereafter, you'll see that the progression of the lines diminishing in the forehead, and of course, that fullness in the face only propagates in the weeks to come as that collagen and elastin yeah. start to formulate. Yeah. I think, you know, touching on the overfilled sort of conversation again, you know, like having these treatments first doesn't mean that you won't use filler and maybe, you know, uh, uh, Sam and, and Stephen, you, you can sort of comment on this. All it's doing potentially is preparing your canvas to accept filler more readily, make a more natural result. Because, I mean, you know, Jake and I, we've spoken about this thousands of times. You know, you've got these people that are, they've got hollows, they're aged, they've got, you know, a lot of depleted structures in their skin. And you're just like pumping mill after mill almost into a black hole, like an abyss that doesn't go anywhere. And all of a sudden, you've got a patient that spent five, six, ten thousand $10,000 on fillers and they not happy with the result because it's just, it's like the, you're just squirting it into air. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you think, Jake? And I mean, is that would that be a fair sort of you know comment to make or observation that it, it yeah. sort of allow, enhances what you can do later to augment with more, you know, more control? I think what Stephen and Sam said yeah. is is the key. It's it's working on that muscle layer, the smas that we have ignored or not mm. had a tool for previously. So, yes, if your volume deplete filler has a role, if you've got you know, crow's feet, et cetera, toxin has mm. a role, but we've sort of missed this layer and this is almost priming the face to be a much better canvas and easier to, to, to work with, I guess. Mm. Well, what do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, aging process is a complex multi-layer. Yeah. So yes, fillers has surfaced very well and still will play an important role because volume loss from the fat mm -hmm. atrophy it's important, we need to replace it. Skin laxity, skin quality, we need to deal with it laser, radio frequency, tighten it. Now we're targeting that in-between layer, the muscle, increase the tone, so the natural stage of the forehead, the mid-face, the corner of the mouth are in a much better position. So if we can either start or in-between do that, then it's a win-win situation. You're going to get a much better way much better result because it makes sense, right? You can't deal every single facet of aging with one thing. I mean, just like you can't deal with, you know, M face is not the answer for every part of the face or every facet of the face. It is one of it. And I think this is going to fill in it nicely. And, and with all what we have, we're going to get a much better result. Yeah. Can I ask, um, I don't do threads or, or, or any of the threads, PDOs or lifting, and I gather you don't yourself, but you offer them in, in your clinic. Do you think this is most analogous to the result desired by a lifting thread? Um, no. Um, no, in the sense that because the threads, just like facelift, all right, we're dealing with the end result of aging. Yes. All right, we're dealing with it. It's just this is a mechanical way of lifting it. This is using it more of an intrinsic way of maybe slow down the, 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 the effect of aging. So what that's I how I think was about it. A, a thread doctor would aim to 
reposition. Correct. You know, well, the I mean, I agree. In, in those situations, I agree because the vector is about the same. Just like when we do a deep plane facelift, we are lifting it in almost the direction of the zygomaticus yes. uh, major muscle. So in that sense, there is a little bit of a similarity. Okay. Yeah. Well, Stephen, with facial aging, I don't know if there's any studies out there. What contribution of muscle laxity to overall facial aging when you compare it to bone loss, fat loss, skin sagging? Are they all equal or is one dominant? And, and is this filling a hole that we haven't before? The, the, the simple answer to that is we don't have any data to support any of these. But as a surgeon... When you operate on someone, let's say, 70 years old, compared to someone who is about 35-year-old, particularly if you look at the muscle we see every day, the obicularis muscle, the zygomaticus muscle, the most impressive thing is the thinning of that muscle. Mm. Um, just like the skin, the skin becomes very, very thin. It's easy to cut through it, and it's not firm. So if we deduct that to every single thing that we see, it makes sense. There is a contribution, but there's, I'm not aware of any scientific um, studies that look at that in particular yeah. um, because it's hard to quantify or no it's, no it's not that hard to quantify I don't think we have seen any MRI studies on the thickness of that muscle we do know that it become a lot more sparse and that's why we talk about you know I was excited to see the studies looking at the density of the muscle fibers after four treatments and it's very 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 impressive look at the histology of that muscle it's not a hypertrophy it's almost like regenerate that to a more youthful appearance mm. um, if you think about laser how you know the histology of the skin become disorganized become a very more youthful appearance that's what we're seeing from the muscle perspective, and that, that's very impressive. I just want to echo on what Sam has been describing, which I completely agree in terms of, you know, when your muscle tone is better, your mid-face appears to be fuller. And the best way to think about all injectors out there is we always get the patient to do a bit of smirk. And when you do a bit of gentle smile and smirk, your mid-face is fuller, and patients say, oh, that's what I like. And that's what you get because when you have your muscle tone being stronger, then all the all the deep fat that is encompassed, and as Sebastian Cotofana described this transverse facial septum that are involved, you know, that, that's almost like a hammock, just lift up that totic um, deep fat. That's what you're seeing when you smile. And I think, you know, Sam has beautifully put it. And that's why you know, we're excited about this this machine. Not to say that, you know, we don't need fillers. It's just that it will make us look better. <laughs> it will help us generate more business. And ultimately, the patients look more natural rather than those big full face that walking around the city and looks pretty odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great point, Stephen. And I think, yeah, that's what everyone needs to recognize. It's another tool in the arsenal. Yeah. Like, Everyone that's performing aesthetic treatments, you guys are artists. And the more paint and the more paint brushes that you have to create your your masterpiece, the better for everyone. The bit, you know, it just improves the overall image of the industry, what we can attain as practitioners or business owners in this space. And as you said, we've only got like I think injectables are still less than ten percent market penetration, which way is less. Really, way probably less. way less than that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, the opportunity is massive. Um, if I could just go back to you, Sam, um, we understand there's been some studies that have been done um, 
on this uh, technology? I know they haven't been published yet, but could you give us just a bit of a like a simple, a high level overview of what these studies were and, and what they indicated or showed? Sure, absolutely. So, BTL has been doing these studies for a number of years. So this device actually was thought about a number of years ago, actually when the original MSculpt came out. So we're talking six, seven years ago. This device was starting to be discussed, starting to be discovered. And as the device started to become built, the studies, of course, started to come afterwards. BTL actually, out of you know, probably most of the companies out there, we have the pleasure of owning many different vendors and different devices in our clinic. But I do think that BTL does a really good job of addressing multiple things when it comes to safety of the device and of course with the the efficacy of the results so they've done numerous trials and they literally picked the best dermatologists the best plastic facial surgeons and the best physicians across the united states and basically over the last couple years have started to conduct studies they first did studies on pigs just to see how uh, the safety mechanisms would be working, making sure that we have great efficacious results that are going to be translatable in humans. After histology was productive and showing increase in elastin, increase in fibrin, and increase in collagen, we moved over to human studies. And of course, as we moved over to the human studies, once again, making sure that safety was number one, because we're addressing the full face with mid and upper face with the forehead. We further started to see that in histology, the increase of two times the amount of elastin, of course, 26% increase in collagen. Uh, we're seeing you know, wrinkle reduction that is ridiculous amounts. And so as we're starting to see the progression, they did over 3,000 patients before launch. So this is a device that BTL has gone above and beyond in regards to studies. You know, Typically, most companies, I think, only do a couple studies before they launch it. Uh, BTL is a little bit different. They want to go much further and not just understand histology in regards to elastin and, of course, collagen, but also lifting and, of course, how that's going to translate depending on age, depending on sex. And we're, we're really excited to see a lot of these uh, papers come into the market as they release. Uh, but I do know that all of these physicians, I know them firsthand, they're, they're top-notch, and they've got, gone above and beyond to look at the details of not just the safety of the device, but also the efficacy, because that's all we care about, of course. We want a device that works, right? We have, we're investing lots of money into this device, and we want to make sure our patients receive results. And these studies show nothing but that. Okay. Did you want to add to that, Gareth? Yeah, uh, just to echo Sam's sentiments, with BTL, it's safety first. Um, it's also um, backing up what we messaging as a company with clinical evidence. You know, I, I don't know what, what you think, Stephen, but uh, it's pretty frustrating. There, there are a lot of devices, um, not all of them, not all the device companies. There are a lot of great ones uh, who make great machines, but there, there are also a lot who make massive claims and their reps will, will go around and they'll say, this machine does X, <laughs> Y, and Z. And you know what? I always ask the question, if it's not on paper, if it's not proven, if you can't see it in histologies, uh, if it's not backed by you know the foremost authorities globally on it, they need to prove it, and they often don't. But with this machine, safety first. You know, we've got people like Stephen and I had breakfast in LA with uh, one of my absolute favorite people, Dr. Brian Kinney, who is he's just an absolute gentleman and superstar. And he's um, a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> we love nerds. Nerds uh, make the world go around. Yeah. Uh, again, we as a company. 
we back up our claims with pure evidence yeah. and safety, 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 safety. And I think, you know, what you're saying, um, Gareth and Sam, is, is important. You know, this industry is is filled with people that promise you the world and hand you an atlas. You know, like the amount of, I mean, I haven't been around for as long as Stephen or probably you, Sam, but, you know, ever since I got involved, all these device companies promising you this, promising you that. It's like, well, you know, and always, well, not always, but often disappointed. So I think that's why people are hesitant to trust these devices because we've been told for 20, 30 years that yeah. this is the next great thing that's going to give you the miracle outcome that we're all been searching for. You yeah. want to add to that, Stephen? Oh, yeah. I want to ask you a question, Stephen. So yeah. when you were in LA, I know you're a very cynical aesthetic <laughs> doctor. You have to be. You really you really do. Mm. What, what, what was the convincing thing where you thought, wow, I have to have this? Yeah. Thank you very much. You just confirmed it. Yes, people <laughs> know me. I'm a tough marker. I'm very, very cynic. Even my staff were very, very sort of surprised because I normally th think about it. I think I think first was the principle behind it. I think the principle fits my thinking that we need to deal something deeper. But also the some of the studies, the histological studies on the muscle by by Brian Kinney. A nerd, but I, that's why I love him. Is is he's just like me? You got to see it to actually think about it, and then have something to prove it. If you see that muscle fibers density and the cross section histology, you say, "Wow!" And that, together with the fact that it is something fairly simple, that that really is a trifecta. That's why I have to say, "Yep, I'm going to get it." On the proviso. I have it before such and such day, and I think, <laughs> I think, I think that that's why I, I I've decided to invest in this um, thing. And you know, we've only had it for probably what four weeks. And if you look at the result, particularly the immediate one, I'm sure you you have noticed yourself is I had it on a Friday. That entire weekend, I felt awake. I felt rested. My forehead, I felt that. I'm not actively contracting the muscle. I felt the whole face was kind of lighter mm. because the tone suddenly has been improved. And 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 my one of my um, uh, nurse who is, you know, between sixty and seventy, and that weekend the husband of not seeing said, "Hey, what happened? You look mm -hmm. fantastic." So that's the feeling that you will get. And all we need now is slightly longer-term follow-up to see the increase in more sustainable tone. And I think we will starting to actually appreciate what it does. Clearly, this is not a facelift. You're not going to get a facelift result. And if you're going to offer a patient this is going to facelift, this is not. You'll be disappointed. This is something that is slightly different, but it's a different gentle elevation that you will notice it. You notice it because patient look brighter, useful, and more awake. It's mm. what I actually tell the patient. Stephen, I know that you're a good thinker, and thinking about how we fit this with an injectable practice and maybe even a protocol that you might do with injectables. So if we're working on the elevators, we're dealing with brow lifting and wrinkles, skin quality. What about targeting all mm -hmm. of the depressors with toxin to get an even better effect? Mm -hmm. um, of the lower you, face. You, you actually put, you know, you actually echo exactly what I'm thinking. If you want to, I'm going to say it again. If you want your patients to love you and thought, my God, you are the greatest injector in the world and the patient just want to deal with anti-wrinkles, 
target all the depressor in the forehead and target the depressor in the lower face and use emphase to enhance the tone of the elevators. They will love you. They're going to say, Oh my God, just like American, this is the same for you. This is a game changer, a new paradigm, <laughs> Sam. Can, can I ask, how do you do, not too technical, but where do you target? Do you target yeah. the platysmal yeah, bands? I would, I would, no, I won't target the platysmal band. I would target the, the platysma at the junction of the jawline yeah. because you don't want to weaken too much. You just target along jawline. You don't need a lot of product. You may also necessarily target the DAO and by by doing that, you're creating a positive balance, which is more uplift. Guys, we did actually reference that with our podcast yeah. with Sebastian Cotofane. It's on his paper <laughs> about increasing the cheek volume by targeting exactly mm. what you just yeah. said. So. Yeah. 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 Um, Jake loves this when I ask questions that go off the script. So that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> the neck is an area that often is overlooked, hard to treat. You know, it's very thin you know, in terms of tissue there. Is there an application or protocol for treating the neck? And, and if not, is it coming? Because, you know, you have this great looking face and then as I said this before, it looks like someone sort of put your head on a different body, you know, because it doesn't match. So is there any any application potentially for this in the future? The neck is a very complicated area. Not being a medical professional, you yep. know, I don't understand it as well as Stephen, Sam, yep. Jake. Uh, for now, uh, what we are seeing is when, when we are targeting those elevator muscles in the cheek, mm -hmm. we're getting that lifting here. But there's a product we, you mentioned earlier, um, that Profilo. Yeah. I think even Emphase, Profilo in the neck, work hand in hand together and work work mm. well with regards to what's coming in terms of application that's why i love btl because <laughs> you never you know, know after neo i said yeah. i said to my team I was like they can't do they can't do something better than this and lo and behold our our uh, crazy engineers at head office they've come up with m face so um it's just a it's a privilege and an honor to work for a company like btl because they make our lives easier. They make our doctors' lives and our clients easier. Um, nothing's beyond the realms of possibility with BTL yep. ever because we have such a big group of R&D, mm -hmm. bigger than any company I've heard of. Uh, How many? Over 300 R&D. Um, mm. Wow. People that are passionate, that are fully entrenched, that want to make people like Stephen's lives easier. They want to make people like Sam Patel's easier. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get Jake in to join the blue team one day as I well. I need an IA discount. <laughs> you, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. But um, never, the, this again, it just works wonderfully. It's a combination treatment, Stephen. It, it doesn't take away from other points in your business. So um, watch this space with mm. M-Face. This is the beginning. Yeah. Exciting things that are coming. Oh, I can M neck. Is that next? Is that <laughs> well, I'm kind of just thinking it doesn't make sense because you're, then you're going to augment the depression of your platysma. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I well, well, this machine is not for your neck. You okay. don't want to strengthen or increase the tone of your depressor. Right. Mm -hmm. Has to be a slightly maybe M neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, Stephen, because I know that you've been working with patients with facial palsies, etc. I know this is off label in terms of the indication of the device, but you know, tell us what you've learned so far with helping people who really, you know, have gone through trauma or congenital, they're born with a gross asymmetry. How how can it potentially help? Yeah. Um thank you. This is something that I've been thinking for a while. If you if you look at the literature, there's not a lot 
you know, once you have an established facial palsy, you can have surgery, you can have nerve transfer, you can have muscle transfer, all sorts of things. It really, really has not been that successful. Even if it is, you know, it still look a little bit different. So I want to refer to this young lady called Katie. Katie is a beautiful, bright, smart, intelligent lady, woke up one day at the age of 26 with facial palsy. Mm cannot move one side of her face. And the first thing she said to me in tears was, you cannot imagine how a 26-year-old cannot smile in a social setting. I think none of us could. So she had two surgeries. She had a complex surgery trying to stimulate the muscle. And she also had a the DAO, which is one of the muscle in the corner of the mouth, resected. And really, I mean, Statically, you know that one side is flat, paralysis, and when she smiles, she just couldn't move it. So she was my first patient. We stimulate the muscle. First of all, I was impressed the muscle being stimulated and it moved because we know that there is no neural input. There is no nerve supply to the muscle. And that's why I was impressed with the technology, with the electrical feel. Not only it works via the neural or the nerve pathway, but it also has a direct effect, stimulation to the muscle, and it works. And the second thing was, before I left overseas, I got a text a few weeks ago. I said, Stephen, the forehead is definitely working after the second treatment. And if you look at the videos, which I'll share with you in some stages, it's almost a normal movement to the left side. And her mid-face, while it's moving a little bit, is not that impressive. What she did say was, impressed me, was when she yawned, which is a spontaneous movement, which is, you know, you, you can't control when your yawn is, she felt there's a movement. Mm. I can't document it. Now, people who understand facial palsy or facial, facial nerve injury is there is this thing called the voluntary movement, that is the movement on command, that you know, if you've done a beautiful result and everything lined up and patient's lucky, you can get that moving, but you can never get a spontaneous movement because that involves some complex pathway we still haven't figured out. She felt that her yawning is more normal and movement. So that's a lot of excitement in there. This is a time to bring about a comment which a colleague sent a DM to me, direct mm. messages. Why is Stephen so impressed with this machine? To me, it's just like a tense machine. I think he has lost he has lost in his thinking somewhere. I lost my <laughs> respect for him. Well, first of all, TENS machines stand for transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation. And it's been available where you send a tiny little current to actually reduce the pain by blocking the signal to the brain. And I think what this person referring to is the EMS, electrical mechanical stimulation. Now, the problem with electrical mechanical stimulation is it is not sending enough electrical energy to cause a maximum contraction. All you're getting is a tiny little twitch. So if you look at studies on facial palsy, they get some improvement, right? Not to this extent. So there is a big difference. It's just comparing orange with apple. It's a completely different thing. If you still don't believe me, you should actually hook one EMS on one side and an M-face on the other. You will actually know the difference in terms of the super maximal contraction we're talking about. And that's why, as I said, you know, this is 
in its infancy will see more on this pathway, not only for the cosmetic, for therapeutic application. Mm. It's pretty amazing. It's exciting stuff, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Now, a few business-related questions because people will be where appetites have been wet. They're very excited about yep. this technology. We've had some, you know, very credible voices, you know, singing its praises. But how do you integrate it into your practice? And potentially, um, Gareth and Sam, um, after maybe you can tell us from your experiences how it's worked and how you've marketed this to your patients. But how do you integrate it in terms of where does it fit? Um, how do you market it to your patients? How are they responding to it? You know, just generally, how, how, do, how do we get the money back from the money from, from buying this piece of equipment? Absolutely. In the beginning, there's, of course, going to be uh, skepticism. There's going to be a lot of hesitancy. It's new technology, something that no one's ever used on the face. I think we're way past that transition now. You know, that was early, kind of end of summer as launch was approaching. Now people are asking by for it by name. They're seeing a bunch of celebrities posting about it. They're seeing, like Garrett said, a lot of great before and afters coming. So now it's almost becoming a, you know, they're asking for it. Hey, what is this end phase? How much is it? Can I do it? And, and so now we're already kind of in that transition. You know, I thought this transition, to be quite frank with you, was going to take a while. I thought it was going to take several months for people to adopt understanding this use of this technology. But now patients are starting to just ask by by name. They're saying, hey, I saw Jessica Simpson or I saw so-and-so on uh, Instagram posting about this new treatment. You have it. What it's about. Can I do it? And so Btail does a good job of making sure there's the best physicians on earth, literally, we're, we're talking with one on, on, on here with Stephen, uh, you know, all around the globe, people are adopting this device. That in itself speaks volumes, like Garrett said. And that just translates to the results that patients are now posting all over social media. If you're a prospective, uh, you know, business owner listening to this, or you're an injector, or you're a patient, or whomever's listening to this, just go online. That will speak volumes for itself. You'll see the studies coming out in the near future. You'll see all the physicians that are backing this device and operating this device like Steven. And then, of course, all the patients and celebrities and athletes posting before and after photos of their own progress. That's enough tangible evidence to show that this is going to be something that is being very easy to integrate into the practice. I feel like we should have asked for share options before we did the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gareth, is there an option to... <laughs> Sorry, Stephen took all of them up. Yeah, I sign up. <laughs> what I wanted to drop in for the injectors listening is that I think previously when we talk about devices, you know, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's, you know, something like a laser or a body device where it's a little bit alien to injectors. It's not working on the face. So I think this is kind of going to be the missing link between devices and face because you know, it's literally covering both. Whereas before it was a little bit kind of odd, you know, whether it was something to tighten the skin on the abdomen mm. or, or fat freezing or fat melting, it didn't always suit what aesthetic patients wanted. They wanted their face treated. So I think that's going to be the missing mm. link. And we know traditionally uh, people will also spend a lot more on their face than their body. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's great in that respect, but um, it's just wonderful that we're now finally being led in by our gatekeepers in particular clinics where for three and a half years they had to lock the door because they didn't want us to come in with a body sculpting device. Yeah. But the majority of clinics treat face. They yeah. treat skin. Yeah. They inject. They have injectables. And it's 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 just a pleasure for my team and I to see that we're now being welcomed in to clinics that traditionally wouldn't let mm. us in. Can I ask um 
device size, dimensions, mobility around the clinic? How much space is this, is this thing taking up? What sort of power does it require? Can we just sort of answer some of those basic um, questions? So yeah. if, if everyone remembers the MSCOP Classic unit, that is the interface, the yep. user interface. It's got an arm on it. Uh, it's on wheels. Um, Stephen, I mean, your team move it around easily. It's very mobile and I'm more into size of the thing. It has to be not too bulky. This one, you can move from rooms to rooms and it's smaller, leaner, taller. More yeah, we're, we're not talking like a big laser. It's no. quite yeah. slim and, and quite there's narrow. No, yeah. yeah, there's no calibration issues. There's not yeah. things that are going to be knocked out. Normal plug power. Oh, great. You don't uh, need like a 300 phase. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful slender machine. Very good. Stephen mm. summed it up. I don't yeah. have to say much more. What are you charging your patients? Are there consumables? What sort of margins are we talking about here? Because... And at the end of the day, you know, these things need to make sense from a commercial perspective as well. Yeah, Stephen was holding the facial applicator in his hand. That's a once-off use. Uh, we, we term it a, a consumable um, so that, that every, every patient will use it once and then it's, it's been thereafter. Um, the, the treatment cost, it's, it's, it's up there, but it's affordable. You know, if you look at, if you compare what people are paying for injectables, mm -hmm. for a full face of toxin filler and how long that result lasts to... Yeah what a full course of M-Face would, would cost you uh, and how long that would last. Um, I think it's, it's affordable. Um, have your patients bulked at all, Stephen, at, at any pricing? My patient always bulk, but, <laughs> you know, but uh, they're still willing to go through the treatment. Yeah. You know, I just thought of a tagline. Oh, here we go. Because yeah. the, the patients look so good immediately for the next, you know, 48 hours. I will say, if you're going for that important date, you know, have it just before, Go home, put some makeup on. You're going to look like a million dollar. <laughs> Seriously, because they do. If you if you just take the photograph uniformly, yeah, they look so good. Yeah. Okay. That's because exciting. of that tone of that muscle, mm. it's better than the makeup. Wow. It just looks so much. Joking aside, downstairs when we met at the cafe, Gareth, I looked at your skin and I said, "You're looking well, buddy. What what are you doing? You've had three or four now. I've had three, and like I said to you in the cafe downstairs." There's no face like an M face. No joke is like Gareth's a man's man. He's not too fussy about you know how he looks and skincare and all the rest of it. But you, you look good. Mm, Your skin's you. looking good. Mm. Yeah, and mm. that's I, I yeah I have no mm. particular mm. routine. I just I, I fly mm. by the seat of my mm. pants. I've mm. had M face, mm. and I've noticed even just like the brightness yeah. in my skin. Mm. You yeah. know that I'm glowing. It's mm. yeah. it's remarkable. So mm. yeah, it's. Um, Gareth approved, which should oh. count for something. Yeah. <laughs> and what about what about you, Sam? How how are you sort of charging your patients? Because we've got a, a pretty big uh, US listener base now. So just to sort of convert that into American speak, could you sure. fill us in? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been a, a wide range, to be honest with you. I mean, in New York City, some uh, facial plastics are charging two thousand per treatment. Uh, some, you know, in the rural areas are down to about twelve hundred, one thousand. Um, and that's the standard average. So very similar to the market over there in Australia. One thing I think is to note is that when we're thinking about injectables and we're a as business owners listening to this, injectables, we take about 30% of it in profit. So you know we, we charge and 30% of it is profit for us. And on top of that, that's room time that takes occupancy. And on top of that, you have to have skills and liability involved. With the M-Face, you put the device on and you walk away and yes, it's got a higher price tag and maybe in comparison to some things, but as a business, it brings in a lot of, a lot of money. We're talking 85 to 90% profitability with no liability or virtually none. 
And of course, in a 20 minute quick treatment. And so the price point all, all across the globe, you know, people are going to be maybe, oh, that's expensive or oh, that seems fair. Whatever the opinions are, consider that people are going to be investing in this experience. As Stephen was saying, it's a very therapeutic experience. There's no bruising. There's no downtime. People are willing to pay for an experience in today's world, specifically the 20s, 30s, 40-year-olds in, in this market are willing to pay the extra dollar for not just results, but also an experience. And that's why the receptivity of that cost for treatment, I was, a, I was a little scared, to be honest with you, in the summertime when we were bringing it on fire to launch. I wasn't sure how the community and the public were going to uh, be uh, taking the price tag, but they don't actually flinch at it. it they're, they're saying, okay, yeah, absolutely, that's fair. Um, because a lot of them are comparing it to threads and something that's very, very invasive. Mm. Is there anything you can do sort of at the same time? Can you have a light at the same time? Can you do an M-sculpt at the same time? Can you tack something on at the end just to sort of make it more of an experience? Yeah, great question. So we don't typically do something at the exact same time. It does have a grounding pad. So the monopolar energy, of course, has to do go somewhere. So we wouldn't do an M-sculpt, for example, at the same time. Afterwards, we can. The things that we could do at the same time is maybe an IV therapy. I know that's something in the United States that's very popular. We like to put an IV in patients, sometimes during a radiofrequency-based technology, as we discussed before. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the thing that we would do. Uh, but you can do services afterwards. Uh, so we wouldn't do anything before. So if someone wants to do a laser treatment or microneedling or anything like that, we wouldn't do anything of that nature. Uh, but of course, like there's no downtime. It's it's nothing that someone has to be restricted upon. Perfect. Would you have any issues doing injectables on the same day before or after? I mean, just maybe simplicity, you have them come in a different session or would you? Yeah, no, I, I don't think, we've not done it yet. I don't think there's any problem mm -hmm. doing uh, anti-wrinkle injections uh, in the depressor at the same time or after. I would mm. actually say doing after. Yeah, right. um, I probably will not do fillers. I don't know why, but from what uh, Sam was just saying, maybe I'm thinking of adding pedicure and manicure yeah, right. at the same time. It's an experience. Exactly. Yeah. You save yeah. yourself half an it's hour. It's that yeah. relaxing. Like yeah. genuine. Right. A little yeah. foot rub. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Julie, Julie, when Julie does demos, sometimes the lucky enough patients get a nice little head rub or a head scratch yeah. from yeah. Julie. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's... I didn't it's, get one when mm, I came. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so she doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Mm, mm. Yeah. Not very likable. Mm. But um, uh, thanks again for having us. And I, I just, uh, from a BTL point of view, I really want to thank Stephen. Uh, he's been a wonderful ambassador. Um, I'm privileged to work with someone of Stephen's caliber. And uh, to Sam, who it's probably very late on Saturday night for Sam. Sam, as always, thank you for making time for BTL Australia. And uh, we look forward to seeing you early next year. Thank you. Um, guys, if you're listening and you are interested, what we'll do is we're going to collect all of your details. If you go to worldwideweb.insideaesthetics.com forward slash mface, just give your details there. We'll pass it on to Gareth and then wherever you are in the world, we will pass it on to the BTL team. Well, I can't think of a better way to have spent Sunday morning than with you and these wonderful gentlemen and lady and talking about such an exciting piece of technology. It's Thank you, Sam, again. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate your time. I know it's late there, so we'll bid you a good evening and uh, we'll catch I up. I'm coming to the States in February, so maybe we'll, we'll see each other then. Wonderful. And I'll be in Australia around the same time. So awesome. I'm sure we'll see you, soon. you might miss each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you on the plane as we fly past yeah. each other. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Stephen, Thank you. Thank you. and Julian. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. For our latest news, upcoming guests, and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. 
Using the link in our Instagram profile, you can easily email us, text us, apply to be a guest on the show, follow our personal accounts on Instagram, and even show your love and support us on Patreon. 